0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all
0: of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
2: You're tuned into the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Alex Gilstrap and Ryan Roberts. Today's episode, the 2021 quarterback class, previewing them, filling you in on all the things that you need to know about this very unique group of quarterbacks, particularly the guy sitting on top, Trevor Lawrence, seemingly is the clear-cut best player out of this group, some saying he is a generational talent. We're going to piece together the top fives for Ryan and Alex, but I think the big question that we have to address, the elephant in the room, guys, is how good is Trevor Lawrence? Is he as good as people are saying or as possibly you guys are saying? Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence?
1: I mean, yes, he, he is as good as advertised. I, I feel like, like is typical, and we talked about this a little bit on the offensive tackle segment, was when a guy is so good and the clear head of the class, in my opinion – you know people are going to try to poke holes and while Trevor Lawrence still has some technical work to to you know clean up and he has some things that he still needs to work on him being a 20 year old young man there there just is so much talent there when you're just looking from the broad spectrum of size athleticism arm strength arm talent there's just so much oh i mean you know i don't want to put the phrase winner to him but he's has one loss at Clemson. He's thrown 36 touchdowns this past year and seven interceptions. And people wanted to throw the world on fire. Like he had a bad year because he had like five bad games to start the year as far as like turnover worthy throws. And he is just so good. And, For me, the conversation is going to be, is he the best since Andrew Luck? Is he the best before Andrew Luck? For now, I'm going to say yes, he's the best since Andrew Luck, in my opinion. I'm trying to compare him to other classes in recent years. You know, We talked about Joe Burrow, who was this first overall pick. Tate was incredible. Trevor Lawrence, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence by a decent margin over a guy like Joe Burrow. So I think, yes, he lives up the expectations. He's the best uh, quarterback to come out for me, since Andrew Luck at least. And I think the conversation is going to be, is he even better than Andrew Luck when all is said and done?
0: Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the most talented guy I've ever evaluated at the quarterback position. But he has so much room to grow. I think from a mental processing standpoint and a decision-making standpoint, uh, pocket management standpoint, there's room for him to grow. And that's almost scarier than people hyping him up like, like he's a generational talent right now and that's just because like there's no ceiling to this guy. I mean, we just kind of got introduced to this guy can run uh at the nationals at the national stage in the college football playoff against Ohio State. I mean, this guy is probably going to run a faster 40 than Justin Fields who's advertised as this dual threat quarterback. And and we'll get to Justin Fields and he's not he's not as athletic as some people say. He's just he's just a great great mover and he's hard to bring down, but Trevor Lawrence is more athletic, in my opinion, uh, as far as straight line speed than, than Justin Fields is. And like I said, with that decision-making nuance not completely there yet and, and you know the things that he has the room to grow on, I mean, this guy, there's no telling what his ceiling is. I mean, we're talking ceiling. And obviously people just throw these names. He's Andrew Lux. He's Peyton Manning's out uh, as him as a prospect right now. And I don't think he's quite there right now. Just kind of going back and watching. some I wasn't doing evaluating and stuff back when Andrew Luck was in school, and, and obviously not when Peyton Manning was in school. I, I don't even think I was alive. But <laughs> but um, but going back and watching some Stanford Andrew Luck tape, I don't think he's quite as polished. I think that's the word I'm going to use, and and I think that's what makes Trevor Lawrence as a as a prospect even scarier, honestly, is because this guy is being compared to, and rightfully so, Andrew Luck, and there's so much more room for him to grow, whereas I think Andrew Luck was pretty much right where he was at. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of the stuff in the NFL, you know, in his good, you know, great short NFL career. I saw a lot of the same things on the Stanford tape. Whereas I feel like J- Trevor Lawrence has so much room to grow, and and because of that, I mean by by far and away he's probably the best quarterback prospect we've seen since At Least Luck, like Ryan said. So uh, yeah, just as good as advertised, uh, and he has so much room to grow, and that's what makes him so intriguing.
2: And the one thing with Andrew Luck is that he he did have that extra year. He was a senior when he declared, if if I recall correctly. However, Trevor Lawrence has a lot of things that he brings to the table, clearly from the consensus of of folks in the NFL draft analysis community. Now, another guy that has already brought up a lot of interest is Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. So before this process even started of starting to evaluate 2021 guys, no one was really talking about Trey Lance. And then all it really took was a few people flipping on the tape and seeing what he could do as a player, not throw any, in inter, any interceptions and completely dominate at the FCS level to the point where now he is being considered in this top three conversation. However, right now with all of the issues with COVID, there's a possibility that North Dakota State does not play football this fall. That's not a guarantee, but there's a looming possibility of that occurring with a number of FCS players conferences shutting down. Ryan, do you think that it's possible if Trey Lance does not have football to play this fall, he could possibly not declare and wait until next year?
1: Well, I think the to start it off with the FCS, I think unless you're one of those teams, like it seems like a James Madison or Elon is that is going to try to make a haphazard schedule, obviously with the conference shutting down, at least until the spring. I think that that's going to be most FCS programs are going to shut it down into spring. I think that's ultimately what the decision is going to be. Now, this might be highly controversial. I think that Trey. I don't. I don't think we're ever going to see Trey Lance play college football again. I truly believe. Wow. That wow. this is done with. He is going to sit out if the if the season gets pushed to to um, to spring. Then. The decision is going to be, you know, and we talked about a transfer exodus potentially, right? Like a lot of guys moving. Trey Lance is only going into his third year. So is he going to get that immediate eligibility? He's going to have to do the waiver process, all that type of thing. I think that Trey Lance right now, if he declared today is a top 15, 20 pick, depends on what we see during the pre-draft process to determine if he's a top 10 pick or so. So for me, I think Trey Lance is done. I think it's over with if the if the season gets pushed to spring. If it gets pushed to spring, I think Trey Lance is declaring for the draft. I think he's coming out even though he's an FCS quarterback, redshirt sophomore who's only played one year of college football. I think it's a done deal personally. I know that's going to be a little controversial, but yeah. just everything <laughs> I'm seeing, man, and, and we're going to get into the film part of Trey Lance, I'm sure at some point during this, this call, but there is so much – to love here, there is so much talent, and at the end of the day, NFL evaluators are going to put their name on the line with this type of talent. So, I think Trey Lance is done playing football at, at uh, North Dakota State and maybe any other university if it's pushed till the spring.
0: Yeah, well, it's a no-brainer if you're talking about the media's perspective on them, and and if that if that perspective is any in any way kind of goes with what the NFL is viewing them as currently, then yeah, it's a no-brainer hang it up, you know, take that springtime to start preparing for the NFL draft, go through the pre-draft process, and and go be a – you said top 15, top 20. I think you're being nice. I think if the draft were tomorrow, he's a top 10 pick. And uh, mm-hmm. that's just because he's a quarterback and he's shown the tools that he has. And, uh, no, I think if the draft were tomorrow, he's a top 10 pick. So I think that's a no-brainer um, if if the season were to be postponed and or canceled that he would go ahead and declare. Uh, do I think – do I think there's a chance he doesn't? For sure. I mean, have we ever seen a redshirt sophomore declare at the FCS level? Uh, I I don't recall. Uh, you know, so um, so he, it would be a first at that level. And uh, I think I think um, the draft circle in the NFL is coming around that these FCS players can play. And I know y'all y'all will attest to that as well. You know, we were talking about Spencer Brown just last week. You know, these these smaller school guys can play. And um, and I think the NFL is like becoming more. More confident in that, and so I don't think there's that stigma of him playing at North Dakota State. I mean, we literally just saw Carson Wentz come in and be a top ten quarterback in the NFL from North Dakota State. So I don't think there's any reservations uh, from the NFL as far as uh, level of competition. And you, like Ryan said, the talent's there. I mean, this guy's got tools. He's got size. He's got you know he can run the ball. He's he, this. He's a kind of a total package as far as that goes. There's going to be some question marks just because it's a one you know one year wonder. You know, could he do it again? Could he have that level of success? Could he maintain that? Uh, but I, I don't think there's anything he can do in another football season that's going to prove anything that he hasn't already done. So, so I think I, I'm kind of with you. If the season gets postponed or gets gets uh, canceled all all outright, I think we have seen the last of Trey Lance in college, and I think he's he's going to be well on his way to being a, a top first round pick.
2: And if all this happens, and he does declare, which it seems like based on how people are describing him, that that should happen. All it, all it really takes is a one team personnel figure to convince him. And if that does happen, that would be historic for a player with only one year of tape being a redshirt sophomore declaring from the FCS level. I, I can't even think of someone else who has done something at that level. So transitioning away from discussing the top two guys, we're going to get more into going a little deeper on what they are as players in a little bit towards the end of the show like we typically do with uh, your guys' top five uh, rankings for each position group. What I want to discuss now is your sleepers, your guys that maybe aren't being talked about enough that could see some potential rising and and pushing up into the ranks. Ryan, despite this guy being a a Big 12 player, who who is your – your sleeper.
1: So I, I picked a guy cause I ended up putting somebody in my fifth slot that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit that could probably be categorized as that sleeper type. So I was kind of scrambling a little bit and I'll tell you what, I, I turned on some Oklahoma state tape last week to actually watch the right tackle Tevin Jenkins, who's a, pretty solid football player by the way. I wish we could have been able to talk about him last week, but I didn't really get around to doing a full eval on him beforehand. So, Spencer Sanders, quarterback, he was a redshirt freshman last year, so he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore. So, he's a long shot to declare for 2021, and I'll say there is a lot to improve there. He's not he's nowhere close to a finished product. You know, he's he's very Uh, dependent on his upper body, his lower body and upper body are a little disconnected at times. He doesn't have a full field read. Uh, I mean, at most he's on actually, you know, a one to two read guy and then run. He's a God given athlete. And I'll tell you what, man, he is some of the most impressive bucket throws that you'll see anywhere in college football. This kid can flick the wrist and get it about 65. He is a very extremely talented passer with arm talent out of, out of this world, so I, I, I'm not really sure if Spencer Sanders is a 2021 guy, just because I think there's so much to improve in his game. But you could sell me on with a healthy Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard coming back. Uh, Chuba Hubbard coming back. There is so much to like with Spencer Sanders from an athleticism, arm strength perspective that he could potentially be a big riser. So. While this might not be potentially for 2021, I think he is one of the big risers just in general in the college football class because I think we saw a little bit of what he could do last year But the second year, full year as the starting quarterback for Oklahoma State, I think he's going to have a big season. And I think he could potentially set himself up to being one of those guys in the 2022 cycle that we're going to be talking about a bunch. So Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State, has a ton of talent. I'm really pumped up about him. And he was a pleasant surprise just getting to see a little bit of him while watching some other guys.
0: Yeah, I like Spencer Sanders. He's a toolsy player, like you said, and I think I don't know if we see him in twenty twenty one in this draft class. But like you said, that's going to be someone that's going to be a focal point of the scout, the summer scouting going into twenty twenty two. I believe I was actually also going to go with Davis Mills, uh, but I come into our little Google sheet we have uh, set up for today's show. And I see you have him at five, and I, you know, last week I did that. I, you, you know, I think it was your number four or five guy I had as my sleeper, and I can't do that twice in a row. Uh, <laughs> do love Davis Mills, I know you're going to talk more about him here in a little bit, but actually, uh, I'm going to go with Chase Garbers out of uh, University of Cal. Uh, Cal's had success at the quarterback position, and not that you know, you got the helmet, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, but uh, but that's what kind of led me to come in and watching Cal's quarterback and Chase Garbers. and. Uh, I don't know if y'all if y'all pay attention but the elite 11 show they come out with you know every year uh with Trent Dilfer and all of them kind of evaluating these you know upcoming seniors in high school and chase Garbers was actually a part of that uh prestigious group and that's what kind of made his name stick out to me whenever I was going through some of these names that I needed to watch at the quarterback position so you know I, I went into this one a, a, with a you know, kind of excited because I I, I liked what I saw from that Elite 11 kind of docuseries that they put out every year. And I was really surprised. Uh, Not someone that, you know, people are talking about on the national landscape, but he had some good tape. Um, You know, I was watching the Stanford game and God, you know, talk about two minute drill to come down and and take the lead over Stanford in, in Stanford. So, uh, you know, I, I think he has good athleticism. He's not afraid to tuck the ball in a run for 15, 20 yards. I like how he moves in open space. He takes care of the football. And uh, he's got a beautiful deep ball. You know, just like you were saying with Spencer Sanders, those bucket throws deep downfield, Chase Garbers can flick the wrist and let it go. Um, there was actually one throw that really, I mean, I don't know if he's doing – he had no reason doing this, but it was this little uh, seam route by the tight end and wide open, just flicks this thing sidearm. I don't know if he's trying to show us that he has different arm angles he can attack. He can attack defenses with because there's absolutely no reason for him to do this. He was not under pressure. There was he wasn't trying to get around a defender. This guy was wide open. He just flicks it sidearm. I mean, right on a dime, and it leads to like I think at like a sixty-yard touchdown or something. But no, I I, I like Chase Garbers. I think uh, he has tools just like you said with Spencer Sanders. I think it's someone that uh, I don't think we're going to see in the twenty twenty one class is him being a true junior right now. I don't I think he's only started. I don't even think he started the full season last year, if, if memory serves. So I don't think he's someone that has uh, the potential to be a twenty twenty one class kind of guy. You know, I think I think the potential is there, like I said, but not the. Uh, I don't think it'll come. But twenty twenty two, I think this is going to be someone that's going to see his name rise this year and someone that we're going to be uh, going to be a focal point this this time next year.
1: And I don't know, Alex, I, I haven't done a, a deep dive into Chase Garber's, like, background or anything, but he had to have played baseball, right? Like, he was definitely a shortstop at some point. There's Yeah, there's no I, I think I remember
0: watching. that. Yeah, I think I remember that being on the Elite 11 show. He had been a two-sport athlete and being pretty successful in baseball, if, if 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 I remember correctly. But, I mean, I think it was against Ole Miss, too, so that's why I was watching that game. It was, a you know, SEC defense. I mean, this tight end is wide open. There's not a defender within probably seven yards of him on this vertical route and he's clean in the pocket just flicks this thing sidearm short arm action I mean it's on it it's on the money so I don't know if he's just trying to show evaluators hey look I can throw this thing sidearm too like Matthew Stafford but (laughs) uh Patrick Mahomes or Pat Mahomes yeah yeah I guess that's the headliner I should have said but uh you know I had to (laughs) shout out my boy Matt Stafford underrated um but yeah, so I don't know if he's just trying to show us what he can do, but there was absolutely no reason he had to do that. But I, I, I still liked it anyway. So I guess, I guess he did the job.
2: Guys, let's break into your top fives like we've done on previous shows. We will discuss your your four and five picks, and then I'll allow you to guess the top threes of the opposing person, like we, like I said, like we've done previously so far. So right now, Alex has Kyle Trask at four, surprise, surprise, Brock Purdy at five from Iowa State. Ryan, conversely, has Brock Purdy at four from Iowa State and five, Davis Mills from Stanford. The one thing I'm interested in here that you, you guys are in agreement on having Brock Purdy in your top fives. What I want to know now is, what makes Brock Purdy good enough to be in that top five discussion despite maybe some of the physical limitations? Ryan, what are your thoughts on Purdy?
1: So I I think the physical limitations to a degree is a little oversold, to be honest. Like there is the part of him, like he's, you know, a shade over six foot, you know, officially, right? He's not the biggest guy in the world. But I think the arm strength is more than good enough. I think that really what hurts him is that he fades off his back foot a lot. He kind of loses his platform. And then he loses a little bit of velocity while he's fading back. I think that the arm strength is plus. I think athleticism is very is very underrated. I think it's good. He can move he can move the pocket, he can extend, he can run the ball a little bit. So I think the physical limitations are a little oversold and honestly, man, this guy is just a gamer. Everything that's that's bad in his game right now and I talked about the fading off the back foot, losing his platform, those things are very coachable. He goes through 3 to 4 reads all the time. He is a a very good player. He is a master of navigating chaos. When there is a bad pocket, he can get out of it. He has subtle movements in the pocket. He can extend the pocket outside of structure. I think there's a ton to like of Brock Purdy. And then I, I thought back to our conversation with Rudy Carpenter. I think that the, besides for there, I think, being an overselling of how talented he is, there is a high ceiling there. At worst, I think I'm dealing with a long-term backup. I really do. He just does everything so consistently well, as far as like going through reads. I think his biggest, you know, detriment right now, besides for those those, um, you know, the the back foot stuff, is he is a little gamer ball in the sense of he's just been probably a better athlete on the high school level and even into college now against some struggling Big 12 defense is that he's trying to do a little too much. We talked about Trevor Lawrence a little bit, pressing. I think it's similar to Brock Purdy. Now, obviously, Brock Purdy is nowhere in that that conversation with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but he just extends a little too much sometimes. He needs to just hit the check down from time to time, but I think he's very intelligent. I think he goes through reads. I think he's got plus arm. I think he's a plus athlete. I think there's a time to like a Brock Purdy, man. I think that there's a substantial, a substantial floor to his game as well. So while there might not be a ceiling of the guys like the – Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, those types of guys, I think he's going to be a very solid starting quarterback in the NFL. And at worst, I think that he's going to be a long-term backup a la like a Case Keenum type of player.
0: Yeah, I agree with your statement. You know, Worst comes to worst, he's a long-term backup. And that's what gave him the edge at five. I almost had Davis Mills at five as well. He's right outside of my top five looking looking in so uh that's uh, you know i kind of was thinking oh let's go davis mills more upside you know more plus starter potential at the next level uh but like you said that floor brock purdy is so high and i think like you said worse comes to worse he's a 10-year backup in the nfl chase daniel uh case keenum those kind of guys um yeah so i mean he just doesn't have the upside like some of these other guys and like kyle trask i'm gonna talk about my guy obviously (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah I mean he does have physical limitations and say what you want about the quarterback position height is a physical lack of height is a physical limitation. Uh I know that I've, we've had some interesting conversations over the last few months about height at the quarterback position and height doesn't matter height does matter. Um yeah we have quarterbacks that are successful at a short height that 5'11" 6 foot frame but it definitely is detrimental to your evaluation it's detrimental to your play because at the especially at the next level yes we have russell wilson who's been who's been really successful in the nfl at a shorter height but i mean how many of those guys are there versus those guys that are six two plus who are successful so it is detrimental to be as uh, you know having that height deficiency height deficiency that was such a weird way of putting it um no, it's not a
2: bad way i think it's okay a okay you fit. liked it okay it, <laughs> it just won. sounded
0: bad okay um but yeah you know you add you add the I don't think he has plus arm strength at all. I think mechanical flaws are, are to his demise and it makes it look worse than it is, but I definitely don't think he has a plus arm. Um, so, you know, he does have these physical limitations, but I think like Brian said, he's just a gamer. There's, that's the best way to put it. Uh, when, when the, when the lights, when the lights come on at night and he, he's, you know, got, you know, he's out there with his guys that he just makes plays. His film just doesn't disappoint, you know, and that's what gave him the edge in my top five. Now, we did in our live show, not this past week, but the week before, I got a question when you weren't on, Ryan. Who's your comp for Bart Purdy? Because I need to hear this, because I had one that I just kind of threw out there last second. It, it was I Manziel, comp- right? Yeah, it was Manziel. Okay.
1: I, I actually have a decent one that it's it's a little older one, so I don't know if you guys even remember him that much, but I, I kind of thought of Jeff Garcia that used to play with the really? 49ers. Like, that's a guy that was – from Fresno State that was right around six foot as well. He was a good athlete. He was an extender. He didn't have the strongest arm in the world, but in a West Coast offense, he could potentially move the pocket and do different things. So I kind of thought Jeff Garcia, he also played a little bit with the Eagles there at the end and a couple other teams, but he was a really successful NFL quarterback for a long time. And I would never have categorized him as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he was a guy that was a fringe plus starting option for a long time.
2: That's an I like interesting it. comp there. I, I, definitely a big pull because I don't, I don't think a, a lot of football fans the similar age of Alex and I would have been able to recognize who Jeff Garcia is. But no, I know who you're, exactly who you're talking about. The, si- the size fits the window uh, perfectly, around 6'1", 200 pounds. Like we've done, though, we're going to finish up with guessing the top threes of the opposing person. Alex. You are up first to guess Ryan's top three quarterbacks for 2021.
0: I know Ryan's top three. It's it's number three is Justin Fields. Number two is Trey Lance, and number one is 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's Ryan, gotta
2: be it. Don't say anything. Okay. All right, Ryan, your turn to guess. All right. So so Alex is very boring. So he's gonna
1: go number three <laughs> is Trey Lance. Number two is Justin Fields, and number one is Trevor Lawrence.
2: Hey, we did it. You guys both guessed correctly you both did it did you did you guys have like a meeting before the show or something and you just didn't tell yeah me?
0: we cheated no, no did you i actually? can predict i can predict i can predict ryan ryan likes to get flashy with his rankings and uh the shiny that new is. thing oh yeah this the shiny new thing and what, uh what's flashy i need it what's flashy Here. <laughs> you like to it, it, no, I wouldn't use clickbait as the right uh, oh. the right oh. like, are <laughs> right you can't throw that out on a on a draft
2: prospect a, a podcast you're oh. right you're right
0: no I'm just Wait. kidding I just like to give I like to give Ryan sometimes his rankings are out there and I respect it because I see what he's saying I just like to give him a hard time because because uh, they're always you know uh unorthodox that's the word I was looking for this is mm-hmm. our last
1: podcast together, Alex.
2: Take it <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it'll be the in a Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast with Joe DeLeon and just Alex Hillstrap. <laughs> yeah, on,
1: <laughs>
2: so uh, w- what I want to discuss now, we already hit on Trey Lance. We already hit on Trevor Lawrence. I-, I haven't heard anything about Justin Fields from you guys. And I think that the thing with Fields, from what I see from a lot of different people is that they're willing to rank him in that top three, but I feel like a lot of people aren't entirely in love with the skill set that he brings to the table. I think that just judging off of what some people's thoughts are, if anyone was going to not fall off the map, but maybe go later than expected, it would be Justin Fields. So where do you guys sit on him as a a quarterback prospect and his likelihood to stay in that top three? Ryan, why don't you go first?
1: Well, let me start this out by saying that for me, it's, it's really due to, and this is why I had him at three rather than Trey Lance at two, is the system that they come from, and, and I, this is kind of similar to my thought with my number five putting Davis Mills at five over a Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, and it's kind of the same issues I have, is Tanner Morgan, like Justin Fields, Come from a very simplistic offense. Now they're different because Tanner Morgan's is a heavy RPO, easy, you know, slants and, and and verticals on the outside against man-to-man coverage. Justin Fields, there's a ton of mesh crossing routes. It's very simplistic. It's very easy reads. And when we're comparing him to Trey Lance, Trey Lance is under center a bunch. He has those ball handling um, at um. Uh, parts of his game that are much more advanced than, than justin fields he goes through a more off uh, a more pro pro style offense as, as far as route combinations that so for justin fields i look at him and i say he's got every tool he's got very plus arm strength he's got a very nice arm he's a big uh, he's got a nice frame to deal with uh, to work with He's a nice athlete. Every tool is there. And honestly, between him and Trey Lance, it's a great conversation. But for me, I think that to, to no fault of his own because, you know, Ohio State's offense works. It, they are consistently a 10-plus-win team, Big Ten championship team, playoff contender. They're always in that conversation because they have such a, a successful offensive structure. But when we're looking at it from a NFL perspective, from a pro translation perspective, there is no... NFL concepts to their passing game you know we see some mesh on the NFL level but like the amount of crossing routes that Justin Fields throws right now easy reads shotgun snaps no no ball handling to his game a bunch there is just such a simplistic approach to how they play offensive football at Ohio State and I think that it's similar to Dwayne Haskins last year right like we saw Haskins struggle early and then he kind of found his way. Hopefully, the last couple games there, at least on the stat sheet, it was. So we'll see if he's able to continue to translate his his newfound um, comf- comfort in the more uh, in the more advanced offensive structures. But right now, I think Justin Fields is going to struggle very early. I'm we're worried about him grasping those pro concepts than I am a guy like Trey Lance. So I have a little bit of worries about Justin Fields, mostly because of the system that he comes from. And then the fact of the last couple games, even though he had a he had a solid um, championship uh, a uh, playoff game against Clemson, there was a lot of flashes, some really good stuff. But the last couple games down the stretch, when he got hurt and he was banged up and he wasn't able to be the running threat that he that he usually is, there were some big struggles there when he was forced to stay in the pocket more as a passer. I don't think his pocket awareness is great, so I think it's just more a system thing, man. Like I want to see more put on his plate getting protections down, going through reads, some different concepts in the passing game. I want to see him do more. He was one of those guys where I'm just watching and I'm like, I need more. I need more. I need more. I see the talent. It's it's easy to see. It doesn't take a good evaluator to watch Justin Fields and say strong arm, good athlete. There's a lot to work there. I'm just worried from him from a mental stability as far as has he been prepared enough to be successful definitely early on and Until we throw him into the fire, you don't know how a guy like him is going to come out because he hasn't been tested. There's not a lot that goes wrong in that Ohio State offense. It's always on schedule. It's always easy. It's always simplistic. I want to see him have to deal with more. And the things that people threw at Trevor Lawrence for struggling early on in the season, hey, man, there were some struggles. But he came out on the other side, a better quarterback, because he went through those struggles. They put more on his plate and he succeeded. I need to see that from Justin Fields. I'm just not getting it yet.
0: No, I definitely agree that, you know, the system makes life easy on Justin Fields. That I mean, you can't you can't understand uh what's going on on the field in that Ohio State offense and not not come away saying, "Yes, that system does make it easy on the quarterback." And, you know, just like we saw with Dwayne Haskins early in his career so far, it, it takes time to adjust to that NFL, that, you know, that NFL concepts, like you said. So, uh, you know, I do think there's going to be more development. Uh, that rookie year is going to be very important for Justin Fields, wherever he does land, you know. Um, but I do have questions. You know, I think the I think the stat line finish of Trey Lance could very well have looked just like Justin Fields, who was just as, you know, not just as impressive, but honestly, just as impressive. Um, you know, with his touchdown interception ratio that everyone talks about with Trey Lance, you know, uh, there was a couple of times where he had these easy balls in the defender's hands dropped. And, you know, I do, I, you know, I'm not so sold on him as a decision maker, as this, you know, godly decision maker, as some people like to call him, just because there's, you know, box score scouting. And I know you're not, Ryan, but I'm just saying like Twitter scouts in general, you know, like to talk about that touchdown interception ratio. And saying, oh, zero interceptions, I don't care what competition you're going up against, that's impressive. And it is. And it is. But, there, but you know, that's that's leaving out the context of the situation that he had number a number of dropped interceptions on tape. I mean, he had one that would have ended the game, I think, if it, I think it was UC Davis that I was watching. I mean, he had an interception drop that would have lost in the game. So, uh, I, you know, I, I do think there's some question marks still. I think, to a degree, level of competition has helped him. Uh, and you know that you know obviously that touchdown interception ratio that everyone talks about, but you know I I, I don't know I think they're very similar and they're very similar in my rankings because uh, I both have I have question marks about both I think they're both similar size similar play style both have big arms both can tuck it and run and are hard to bring down, um but you know I've seen Justin Fields do it at the highest level I've seen him do it in the college football playoff like you said he had flashes against Clemson's and stuff he was nursing a little bit of a leg injury a knee injury. Uh, which kind of limited him and what he can do when he's fully healthy. Um so I, I hope we're able to see him in twenty twenty healthy again. Cause I think when he's healthy he he's could be one of the best quarter you know, he could be the best quarterback in the nation, you know, on the field. Even over Trevor Lawrence. You know, I talked about Trevor Lawrence having those those uh that lack of polish. And, you know, you see that in every college quarterback's game to a degree, but I think there are times where I'm taking Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence just for that game. I mean, you take you take, you know, early twenty nineteen, and obviously, you know, people blow out early twenty nineteen Trevor Lawrence out of proportion just because they're trying to nitpick him. But, you know, early twenty nineteen, I'm taking Justin Fields' game over Trevor Lawrence just the way they played X's and O's. Um, so I think Justin Fields has that kind of upside. I think when he's fully healthy, he's a he's a he's a difference maker. I think he's big Ben with legs. Uh, some people compare him to you know Ben Roethlisberger. Some people compare him to Cam Newton. They have that kind of similar big arm, uh, can tuck it and run, uh, and it's hard to bring down. So I think as a passer, he's more, he's closer to Ben Roethlisberger. But I think he does have the, that kind of similar running style as Cam Newton, as far as that big body's just hard to bring down. He's not necessarily as elusive as people wish he was, or like talk to talk about him as he has, as he is. But I think he's a he's a plus runner and I think he's a plus thrower. And, uh, you know, so like I said, they're very close for me. My rankings, I think they're very similar. I have question marks about both. I have the 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 system and being able to read the read a defense is kind of a question mark with Justin Fields just because Ohio State does that for him. Um, But I think every every college quarterback I got in a conversation on Twitter not too long ago saying, I can teach that. You have to teach that with every college quarterback. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to walk into the NFL reading NFL defenses, keying the mic every play. You know, he's not going to do that. And, you know, and I think there's a longer projection for Justin Fields just because I think of the system he comes from. But everyone's got to go through it. Every rookie quarterback's got to be taught that kind of stuff. So it's if, if that's if that's your biggest flaw, I'm banking on you being successful because as long as you're teachable and you're you go in there wanting to learn – I don't think there and I and I don't think there's any questions about his work ethic or anything like that and and since there's not I'm banking on that guy uh, to be a plus starter in the NFL so uh, like I said they're very close for me uh, Justin Fields just has the edge because I feel a little bit more comfortable in his evaluation uh, as of right now
1: Joe can I drop a uh, can I drop a comp since uh, Alex just dropped one on Fields real quick
2: uh, I will allow it yes all right. <laughs> all right Alex you ready for this one Justin
1: yeah I'm ready Field. for it.
2: Ryan Tannehill.
0: Oh, that's not bad. Okay. No, I, I I don't I don't hate that one at all. If you would have said this one about a year ago, just because I was just lower on Ryan Tannehill's game, uh until obviously this anomaly of a season that he had in Tennessee. I do think the you know I paid closer attention to Ryan Tannehill this year. I actually like that one. They actually play very similar, just kind of like, you know, want to pass it, but man, they can run it. Uh kind of thicker body style. I like that one.
1: System quarterbacks. Love it.
0: Hell whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm no, I'm just kidding. You, I'm you're right. He really is a system quarterback right now.
2: I, I love how both of you guys say that you're not really fans of using comps, yet every show we we manage to find a way to to squeak in a comp. It, just, oh, I love it never comp. fails.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I
0: yeah, love it's more that. so no, Alex. It's, me. it's me. more it's so me. Alex, but we have, we try to avoid him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, what I it is. I, I've always not been a fan of comps. I feel like I, I've always I – mean, and this is just personal preference. I feel like there's some people that are good at it. And Ryan's one of those people. I'll give it to Ryan. Ryan comes up with some names. Jeff Garcia. like That someone makes so much sense for Brock Purdy, but I probably never would have thought about it. And that's why I hate giving them is because like I, I don't feel like I ever get that that wide enough scope to think about you know each of these players. So I, mm-hmm. I usually tend to current-day players, and I tend to not get – and there's other people that I like this, and this is why I don't like comps typically is because there's so many people that don't do them correctly – and they'll they'll compare them to the to only current day players, and there's so much discrepancy between the players that you know I'll comp you know Johnny Manziel like that. That's just more. It's just because of the recency of Johnny Manziel, and I was like, well, they're kind of similar. Don't have plus tools. Kind of a gamer. Kind of just off script kind of guy. And you know, so but Jeff Garcia is a better comp. And see that's that and that's the problem with me giving comps. That's the problem I have with a lot of people that do give comps. Is they they just throw names out there that. You know, kind of makes sense. I get it, but like, you know, it's it's misleading to those people that don't actually watch the watch the tape because now now that I said Johnny Manziel, everyone's thinking, oh, this guy's gonna, you know, people that don't really know Brock Purdy like that are thinking, oh, this is Johnny Manziel, and it's not. It's more Jeff Garcia, and that makes so much more sense. I'm just bad at comps. That's that's what it comes down to. I can't I can't do them, so I, I'll leave it to Ryan to do all the comps for me. I'll never <laughs> say another one. Uh, you never had to hear a bad comp again.
2: So, Ryan, you're going to need to bring two comps to every show, your, your yeah. own, and then you need one for Alex. Okay. Is that a, are you <laughs> going to be able to do that for us? Oh, uh, we need to do a live show of just comps now. It's going to be awesome. Oh, no.
0: thats <laughs> I'm going to
2: be miserable. Uh, well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this 2021 quarterback conversation. We are going to be going live again this week. If you haven't been following along with that, we've been doing a couple, uh, a live show every week. We've done two so far. We're going to keep doing them because they've had tremendous success. The goal is to hit on a topic, uh, be a little bit more laid back and have fun, be more ext- uh, extemporaneous about it, as well as answering questions from fans. So this week we're going to dissect the odd conversation point of why some people think that the jets want trevor lawrence and they're going to just ditch sam darnold so we're going to break all that down talk a little bit about jamal adams and we'll answer questions again so that'll probably be a tuesday night if not wednesday night just stay tuned and check out uh ryan's twitter or any of our twitters ryan is at rise and draft alex is at alex gilstrap and i am at joe DeLeon. but also if you're a fan of the show we created a Twitter for our show, and it has uh, gained a, a decent amount of followers in the, the four-day existence that it's been around. Make sure you go follow it if you enjoy the show. It is at uh, NFL Prospect uh, Prospects Pod. So go go follow that to just stay up to date with all things that we're discussing, talking about, you name it, all of that good stuff. Also, be sure to go uh, follow Believe Podcasts at B L A V Podcasts on twitter and instagram also head to their website believe.com spelled dot vcom where you can find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows next week we're going to get into the defense but on thursday we'll have two amazing interviews with, with two very talented quarterback prospects